2: Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs, across the world or across town. And now, the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. We do thank you for joining us this weekend. We're hoping you're having a great weekend and getting ready for 2024. Uh, That's going to take some adjustment for some of us, but we hope you will make that adjustment and make Jesus Christ Lord of 24. I think that's a good theme, so we pray that you would enjoy the year that God has laid out for you. Well, normally, our co-host on Exploring Missions is Nathan Harper, but we decided to keep it in the family, and in place of uh, our oldest son, we have my wife, Jan. Jan, thank you for joining
1: us. Okay, thank you.
2: Yeah, I persuaded her to come on board and be a part of this interview because this interview is really important to her and me. And uh, so we want you to know that and be a part of it. We hope this will bless you. And our, our guests today, we met them several years ago, and I'll tell you their names right now. And where they're from, but then I want Jan to do something to set it up pretty good for the interview. And our guest today is Steve and Evelyn Sherwood. They're from Kokomo, Indiana, and I always love to say Kokomo, Indiana. And he pastors the Fairview Baptist Church there. Jan and I have been there with those people, how gracious they were. And uh, we still remember it, and thank God we had the privilege of being with Steve and Evelyn and their church but how we came acquainted with them is through the ministry that Jan and I have that over 20-something years ago when we started, it was just one that God laid on our hearts, but now it's become a part of American Family Association, American Family Radio Ministry, and that is the Fishbowl Retreat Ministry. And I wanted Jan to set this up. To Jan, would you mind telling us the starting of Fishbowl? How how, how did that happen?
1: (laughs) Well, first of all, I have to go all the way back to when I became a pastor's wife. And, of course, you know that was at the age of 20. And after a couple of churches, I started wondering who had I said I do to. (laughs) In some situations, I felt like somehow we were supposed to be married to the church. Being a very private person and having brought a lot of emotional baggage into our marriage, the pastorate was a very hard place for me. In the community even, sometimes it felt like people had their opinion of me without really knowing who I was. So I remember telling you one day that I did not think I was going to be able to keep doing this life. I did not know what that statement meant, but I just needed you to hear my heart. And for a young guy, I think you were very wise as you told me that you could serve the Lord in another capacity and that you did not have to be a pastor. Well, that put a different kind of pressure on me because I knew God had called you to be a pastor. You had a pastor's heart who loved people. You loved studying God's word and preaching. And I knew somehow that God would give me strength to learn how to live my life. After some time of having negative experiences, I told you I wish there was a place I could be with other pastors' wives to see how they emotionally managed living in their fishbowl. That's where I felt like I lived, in a see-through house where people watched as I tried to do the best I could with my abilities or my lack of them. So since we knew of no place like that, we decided God was calling us to start our very own fishbowl retreat for pastors and their wives. At our first retreat... God showed me that this is what he wanted us to do, and along with pastoring, we were to provide a place at least once a year to give to pastors and their wives, Um, a place to provide at least, um, you know, of encouragement and a place of validation. Sometimes we can think it's just us having difficulty living our lives. I soon learned that most all of the ministers and their wives were experiencing the same things we had dealt with in our years of ministry. And I love that the retreat can also provide a place for the wives, especially to develop friendships with other ministry wives. God gave me a friendship with another pastor's wife early in our ministry, and we have been friends for over 40 years, and that meant so much to me. But I was aware that so many pastor's wives didn't have close friends. So I also have a friend, though, that I met at one of our fishbowl retreats quite a few years ago, and she is who we are wanting to introduce today, along with her husband, Steve. Her name is Evelyn Sherwood, and they live in Kokomo, Indiana, and she is now a published author.
2: And we congratulate you, Evelyn. We're thankful that you would write that book. Now, a lot of things have taken place between the first time we met you and Steve, and uh, and all of Steve's friends. Now, Steve's friends, uh, he carries them around in a suitcase. Uh, he's a ventriloquist. And uh, we got to meet Steve and Evelyn, and we invited them back to Fishbowl because we just wanted them to come. Uh, I have to admit, we liked their, their friends really well that Steve carried in his, uh, in his suitcase. But a lot, yeah, I know, Steve. But a lot of things have happened since that first Fishbowl and what you've gone through. And Evelyn, We really want you to tell the story because it's developed into a book. Now, let's get the name of the book real quick so people will know that. Evelyn, what's the name of your book?
0: Okay, the name of the book is, first of all, thanks for having us on here. I'm so so appreciative and grateful. Um, The book is Just Breathe, 30 Practices to Calm the Weary Heart.
2: Amen. Hey, listen, the reason... A lot of times, missions is so hard is because of weariness. They really are. So this is missional in purpose, and I think the book has a mission. But uh, tell us, tell us what all has taken place that brought about this great book.
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad Steve is sitting right here next to me because it really was. Um, combined journey that we walked through. Um, my dad had moved in with us in 2019 uh, with congestive heart failure, so we entered into this place of caretaking. Um, and then in the fall of 2019, he ended up having a pacemaker put in, and that would um, not make his make the heart better, but it would plateau things off so he could at least live a little while longer. And um At the same time, my husband, Steve, sitting right next to me, was exposed to um, some mold. um, And we didn't know that's what he was exposed to, but he would start having respiratory issues. And within two weeks, he was in the hospital um, fighting for his life with a fungal pneumonia. And so, um, you know, that was just like the tip of the iceberg of what was to come so then, you fast forward to um, from 2019 to 2020, and um, the beginning of a pandemic. We we already had an infectious disease doctor on our team, and so as soon as we heard um, before the lockdown started, we started hearing these whispers of this um, this pandemic, this COVID-19. And so um, Steve called the infectious disease doctor and said, what do I need to do? And she said, you guys need to lock down now. Uh, you cannot um, take another hit to your lungs. Um, It could be fatal for you. So before the whole world locked down, we locked down in our home, and I was working a job. Thankfully, that allowed me to bring my work home. And uh, so we did pretty good um, until the fall. And it was um, the last week of October of 2020, and I had just stepped into the office that I had worked in to exchange some papers, bring more work home. And I had a quick interaction with a person in the office about payroll, not even five minutes. And two days later, I got a call, um, Evelyn, I need to talk to you about something. And I thought it was something I messed up on the payroll, and they said, I didn't know I had COVID. All I had was a headache. But I just tested positive and I just remember my heart sinking and going, Oh God, what are we going to do? Um, so I told Steve and we just began praying. Well, within two days, he was full blown symptomatic. Um, anything you could have with COVID, she had. And then two days after that on a Tuesday, I was full blown symptomatic. So we kept a really close eye on his oxygen levels and everything and um, called the infectious disease doctor said, we've been exposed, we definitely have it, Uh, what do we do? So um, she just said, here's what to look for, and when this happens, get to the ER right away. So one week after um, Steve was symptomatic, um, I drove him to the hospital, um, barely able to drive but not wanting to expose anybody else to the virus. Um, I drove and I remember pulling up to the ER and we just looked at each other and whispered, I love you so many times, not knowing if that was the last time we'd see each other or not. And I just watched him um, walk the corridor up to the ER and just prayed, God, did I get him here in time? Um, did did we do enough? Did we do something wrong? You know, you just ask all the questions. And then, um, Little did I know that two days later, I would be driving myself to the hospital. So we were in the hospital uh, in November
2: and together. 20, um, he was
0: in ICU, and I was on what they called the COVID wing.
2: And that's in so 2020, that kind of, right, Evelyn?
0: That was 2020, yeah. Oh,
2: okay, yeah. yeah.
0: So well, that was kind yeah. of the um, – I, I say that was really the beginning of what we call our Job season because for the next 18 months um, – Trial upon trial, suffering upon suffering did not stop. It just rode in one wave after another, and we could barely get our nose above sea level to breathe.
3: So do you have anything you want to add into
2: that, baby? Nope, you're doing great. Okay. Hey, Steve, wise answer. Great answer. Hey, I do want to put a Bible verse in here because I heard you say it. Sufferings, not suffering, singular sufferings. And it reminds me of Romans 8.18, which says, For I reckon that the sufferings, plural, of this present time, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And it is sufferings, and many times they come in bunches. And this is the big, uh, you've already had two or three, and now this is just the beginning of it, isn't it?
3: Yes, I'd like to just say, you know, that, that verse is very apropos because through every bit of this, God came through in miraculous ways and showed us, himself, his his blessings, and um, one of the things that came out of that was a study on bitterness from Hebrews twelve fifteen, 15, and uh, we took our whole church through that, and God used that mightily uh, within our congregation and in our own lives.
2: Yeah. That's our God. He doesn't waste anything, even suffering. But, Evelyn, go no. ahead, Y'all, you're in the hospital now in, in fall yeah. of 2020. Yeah, so you're really like the, the beginning of winter, isn't it?
0: Yes, yes, and we're, um, I, I just remember laying in the hospital, um, and thankfully, Steve's doctor, when she found out I was admitted, she started caring for both of us, so we were getting updates on each other <laughs> via our doctor coming and delivering our meals to us and whatever. And I just remember, though, the the first time that I just had to get up and walk and I was tethered to oxygen, um, something really powerful that God really spoke to my heart was that it is my breath in your lungs, Evelyn. It is only in me that you live and move and have your very being. It is me. I sustain you. And I remember just praying, okay, God, then let your breath just help me, you know, take five steps today. Um, but you know, I, I, have to back up just a l- little bit right before, um, right after I dropped Steve off at the hospital, I pulled into the garage and I remember pulling in and just sitting in the car for a minute and just saying, just weeping to God. And, um, the song on the radio that was playing at the time was even if, even if I don't, my hope is you alone. And God just whispered in my heart, like Evelyn, even if I didn't, Get your husband there on time. Even if the outcome isn't the way you want it to be, am I still God? Am I still good? Will you still trust me? And it was a very pivotal moment. lasted a few split seconds, but it seemed like eternity just stepped into the car. And I I had to realize, God, you are my all in all. You are why I live. Um, You are how I live. So, um, And that was a real pivotal moment because then when we got out of the hospital, uh, the storms didn't stop. And I think because God had asked me that in the car, it gave me a foundation for what we were about to walk through. So we get out of the hospital, um, both Tethered oxygen for several more weeks, and uh, we called it our swath time <laughs> of life because we could barely walk. Um, but two weeks later, I got the results of a CT scan. They went to make sure I had no, um, blood clots and I did have blood clots in my lungs. And I remember just dropping to the floor and going, Oh God, like (laughs) this is, this is really serious. Like I could just, my heart could just stop. That blood clot could just be released and I could be gone and be from here to there in a split second. And, um, So God began to teach me to live moment by moment trusting Him. And so we had some scriptures just playing on the TV on a YouTube channel called Silk Stream, and they just play these scriptures with music in the background. And um, every time I left the living room, came back in, and I know there were at least a 100 scriptures that were rotating through, but every time the verse came, you will not die, yet you will live and declare the works of the Lord. And I was like, God, you really want me to get that, <laughs> that I can trust you with outcomes because you are holding my life, and this is all for your glory. Now, that doesn't mean it wasn't hard because we were very exhausted. So fast forward, yeah, I was on medication, and six months later, I was going to have another CT scan, just a follow-up. And the good news was the blood clots were gone, um, but they found something suspicious in my ears at that time, and um, so they began scheduling more tests for me to find out what it was. And they kept saying, "We don't think this is really anything, um, but we just want to make sure." So I was feeling pretty confident because I was like, "Wow, maybe whew, we can catch our breath for a few minutes now." And then, um, then my dad's health started declining very rapidly and found out he had bladder cancer and pancreatic cancer. Now, that's your dad, right, Evelyn?
2: Your dad. This this
0: is my dad. Okay. And so um, that was, it was in the 1st of May that I got the all-clear, and on May 31st, um, my dad passed away after a weekend in the hospital.
1: And this
2: is in 2021?
0: That's in 2021. And then... um, On June 1st, 2021, I was back at the same hospital that I had spent the weekend with my dad getting an ultrasound that would ultimately lead to them discovering that I had uterine cancer. Okay. Wow. So. This is
2: compounded, right? I mean, you know, you get through with one, this happens, this happens. And uh, okay. So you're there. And okay. It started a year, at least a year and a half ago, just about it, you know? when all this started you had to be careful yeah
0: yeah so I mean when you're talking um 20 the fall of 2020 and we're not even to the fall of 21 yet Mm. and this has all happened yeah Mm. um so then um yeah sorry just replaying it kind of you know there's layers to grief and it takes a while for that to come off but God was doing the work in my heart and I knew it and We were, one thing Steve and I were very intentional about was we knew that the only hope we had, the only way we were going to survive even spiritually and mentally, emotionally, whatever, um, through this season of suffering, this Job season, was being intentional about anchoring to the things of God. So even though we were tired, like if we were too tired, sometimes our eyes were physically exhausted. So we would just play the scriptures. On the TV, on our audio Bibles, Um, I had to find ways to um, hold on to gratitude because it's really easy to slip into depression and despair when all you see is the storm wave just crashing in one after another. So we would write gratitude down on sticky notes and cover them all over the doors. Um, I remember people started giving me coloring books that had scriptures in them, and sometimes I would just sit and color for hours. And then there would be days I would just sit in my, my chair and um, I have a come to Jesus chair is what I call it. And I would just sit and say, God, just hold me because I'm too tired. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to do. And I don't know how much more I can take. Just hold me. Mm. And um, I have to savor that during that time, um, there's, there's a little phrase that God gave me, the sweetness of his presence surpassed the pain of my suffering. Wow. And that scripture of you know, when you get all to Jesus like he gives us joy, unexplainable, filled with his glory. And I I felt that his presence was palpable during that time. And um, I can't even really put words to it and it didn't make sense the peace that we were able to have during that time except we just surrendered. That's well, isn't that his him.
2: Evelyn, isn't that his presence? I mean his presence yeah. brings the peace and and I don't want to get too far into this. Out of this uh, the suffering uh, and difficulties, God was working on you and laying on your heart to 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 share with others this presence and this peace that you had. I mean, so God along the way was giving you not only what he needed you to have, but through you, you were able to share. What God had done for you and he can do it for others is that a fair statement
0: oh definitely there's that scripture passage that says you know with the comfort that you have been comforted by him, therefore comfort others with it and um, and that's exactly what god did so um, in august i had um, i had surgery to remove the cancer um, in october of twenty twenty one I started chemotherapy. Uh, had a gracious nurse who introduced us to a phenomenal book called "Dark Clouds, Deep Mercies," which we've talked with you guys about and shared with the, the pastors and that at the fishbowl retreat. But that just really gave us permission to grieve in a way that was biblical.
2: Give us the and name of that. Not, give us the name of that book, Evelyn. Don't want to
3: waste yeah, this. Yeah,
0: dark dark clouds, deep mercies.
2: Okay.
3: The author is Mark Vrogop. V-R-O-E-G-O-P, I believe.
2: Okay. Well, go ahead. I'm interrupting because when you hit on an issue, that's that's great. I want to make sure everybody gets that. Go ahead with your story.
0: Oh, yeah, because that was real instrumental. Um, A lot of times, you know, we hear um, just, you know, you're brave. You can do it. Um, You've got strength within you. Pull up your bootstraps and just push on through the pain. And, And we were at a point where there was no pushing through. (laughs) there were no reserves left. Um, it was all about surrender, but in the, in the scriptures, God gave us so many examples of those who lamented. They poured out their heart. David is the first one that comes to mind. The Psalms are filled with, um, you know, God, this hurts God. When would this stop? And, and yet it doesn't leave us in the pain. It moves us through the pain to remember who are the God that is with us in the pain. Amen. And I think that was what God was teaching me. God, you know, the life, life is full of trials in this world. We will have many troubles, but be not, you know, dismayed. Cause he has overcome this world. And, and God was really making that um, real and diving it deep into my heart. So um, I started chemotherapy and I had some, you know, like I said, our chemo nurse recommended that book. And so we went through it, walked our church through it. Um, Cause we're taking a whole congregation through our struggles with us. They're seeing us live it out. And, um, then I found out that through the hospital, they, um, they had an oncology continuum program that had lots of things that were free to help people, support groups and stuff, to help people walk through. And there was one that really caught my attention, and it was art therapy, um, because I was finding I couldn't put words to my pain. I couldn't put words to the suffering. I was even having trouble putting words to how grateful I was for God with me in it. So I started doing these little watercolor paintings just one at a time, just reminders for myself of what God was doing in me, what he was teaching me about himself and his faithfulness in my life. And um, about 15 paintings later, I just felt that whisper from God, these are not just for you, as There are so many people who are hurting. Yes. I want you to share it. And um, then I realized, Uh, I just kept painting and painting, going, okay, God, I'll follow you, whatever that looks like. And so fast forward to just about a month ago, month and a half ago, um, I released Just Breathe. um, And that was the result
1: of what God was teaching me through the storm. Okay, Jan. Hey, Evelyn, I was going to ask you— since yeah. I haven't gotten a copy of your book yet, but I'm, I planning, I am planning to. But um, is it mostly the paintings, or do you share your story in the book? Well, um, one of the things that
0: I, I have learned um, through the years, um, especially this time, is there are some great comprehensive books. Um, like Dark Clouds, Deep Mercies is great, but there are times when you are so tired because you're. You know, whether you've just lost a loved one and you're just trying to wrap things up with doctors and, or, you know, you're going through physical things, you're just so tired. You um, can't take much more information, but you still need to be intentional about guarding your heart and guiding it back to the Father. So Just Breathe is a small booklet um, written to put it in your pocket to be a companion with you wherever um, God has you. Um, and Waiting Rooms of Life. And so, um, yeah, it's a small four-by-six booklet that was very intentional, about 74 pages long. There's a little bit in the foreword that kind of gives you why I wrote what I wrote. But it is, it is 30 paintings paired with 30 scriptures that were very instrumental, and then um, tips and um, action steps, really, kind of that are very simple, like, If you haven't stepped outside today, step outside. Take a deep breath. Look up. Remember God is with you. I mean, it's just um, got—
2: Could I I read a page? Yes. Well, I don't know for half time. Do it quickly, Steve.
3: Okay. It says, Sometimes the night is so dark that glancing back is the only way to move forward. When we remember how far we have come, hope grows and gives us the courage to take the next step. Lamentations three twenty one through twenty three yet I still dare to hope when I remember this the faithful love of the Lord never ends, His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness, His mercies begin afresh each morning, and then next to it is one of her paintings, and it's a painting of rocks stacked on top of one another, like the children of Israel would do when they wanted to remember something.
2: Wow. Hey, this is the kind of book that would help our listeners when they're going through difficult times, because I've been there when I could not sit down and consume a whole theological discussion of suffering, but I could take a verse, a thought, and a practical action to help. Guys, I want to thank you all for being with us. And tell us how people can get this book.
0: Well, it is on Amazon right now. Um, Currently, the Kindle version, if you have Kindle, it is free right now. Uh, most people that have gone on and gotten the Kindle version, they're, they are going back and purchasing two to two to five copies of the paperback, which the paperback just went on sale this week. Oh, okay. Um, because I want to, I want to make it available. It, it's something that needs to be in your hands, in it your pocket, does. in your in your um, purse, um, and something that you could quickly hand to someone who's hurting. Well, um, thank working you, with Evelyn. Hospitals-
2: Evelyn, uh, we're running out of time. Thank you, and Steve, and God bless you. Jan, thank you for co-hosting. Thank you. And we pray that you will be on mission for God, even through your sufferings, because God is still on his throne.